Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode nine of In the City. And this week we are talking about health. I am so interested in this topic and I'm so excited about our guest today. Please welcome Lane from LV Wellness Consulting. Hi, Lane. How are you? Hello. I'm good. I'm so happy to be here. Yes. Thank you so much for joining us. I cannot wait to dive in to talk about health and wellness with you. And you definitely take it um, a totally different approach, I feel. Yes. Yeah. So my background is in traditional medicine, but over the past couple of years, I've completely made a shift to functional medicine, which I would love to touch on today. Yes. So tell us, like for someone who doesn't know, like what exactly is functional medicine? Yes. Awesome question. So functional medicine is all about getting to the root of disease, whether that's, you know, just some symptoms that you're having or a formal diagnosis that you have. It's about figuring out what led up to that specific event for an individual and uncovering it little by little to start to correct these processes and really regain that natural functioning that we were all born with. And instead of just saying like, here's a prescription for your depression, it's here is the reason that you may be feeling this way. And here are some things that we can do to support your body naturally. I love that. Amazing. And how does like, so depression, what about like, um, is it also, does it also work like in terms of like a back pain or something like that as well? It, it can for sure. So if you have, if you've had an injury, you know, that is a little bit different, but an injury is a stressor. It's a physical stressor. And so there are ways that you can support the body because of the inflammatory process that it causes it. You can take a functional medicine approach with that too. You may not be able to get rid of the pain completely because if there's an injury and that could potentially be long-term permanent damage, but there are certainly ways to support inflammation and other pain syndromes. Got it. Okay. Got it. And what do you wish um, for all women? Like, what do you wish that we knew about our health? Oh man, so many things, (laughs) but the top thing I can think of is You know, women in the modern world, we deal with a lot of stress. Everybody deals with a lot of stress these days. And some things that are super common are like low energy levels. We might have these mood shifts, you know, feeling like irritable, having persistent stress, this mental fog and decreasing um, ability to concentrate. You might have GI symptoms, bloating or inflammation anywhere in the body or so many people are just unhappy with their weight. And yes, these things are common, but that is not normal. And we've been conditioned and these things have been normalized because of the everyday grind and the pressure society puts on us, you know, as well as our own high standards. But these things ultimately hold us back from living well and showing up how we want to. So what I want women to know is that there is hope that if you struggle with these things, it may be that your hormones are off, that your gut health is off, and this is affecting your mental health and affecting all of these other organ systems that are showing up as symptoms. And it is not all in your head and you do not have to settle for this. We as humans, we hold so much power within our minds and also the daily choices that we make, our habits that we carry out. And so I really hope and hope to help women see that and also know that we can get to the root of your symptoms, especially with a functional medicine approach. 
Absolutely. I've been hearing so much talk about gut health and probiotics and all of that stuff. And I know like, I mean, years ago, um, even like with a probiotic, I mean, you only took it if you had, if you were taking like antibiotics, same thing, like even like when, you know, 13 years ago when my son was like just born, this is what I, I was hearing, you know, and now it's completely changed that you should be taking a probiotic every day. Yeah, probiotics are getting a lot of good attention, and that's for a good reason. Just like you said, especially with antibiotics, because the antibiotics kill your good bacteria along with the bad bacteria. That's the point of them, but and but they do come with consequences. And giving a probiotic replenishes that good bacteria that may have been thrown off balance from the medication. But I mean, who hasn't been on antibiotics? You know, and even right. ones that you were on years and years and years ago can still be affecting you today. Really? Okay. I did not know that. That is major. Do you guys, I, this is like major pro tip. Wow. Yeah, it is. It's pretty wild. Yeah. Insults that our body sustained years ago, whether it was from an antibiotic or for a stressful event or because of other medications. Like if you, if you were to be someone who needed to take NSAIDs, like ibuprofen for long periods of time, that has a huge impact on your gut health as well. Even if you're not taking them any longer. Wow. That is interesting. So like on a daily, what would you say would be like a, you know, take a probiotic, take a multivitamin. Um, do you suggest um, getting your blood taken prior so you can um, see like what your levels are and have someone prescribe this to you? That's a good question. So it's a little tricky because everybody is so different and it really depends on their life story. Like what, what are they dealing with now health wise? What type of symptoms are they having? And then what have they been through that led them to this situation? So a probiotic every day may be a wonderful option for pretty much everybody, but you do have to take into account the strain of probiotic that you're taking because there's a bunch of different formulas out there and they're not, there's not a one size fits all in any health. And so if you're having a lot of GI symptoms and wondering if a probiotic is right for you, I'd really recommend working with a practitioner because it may be that you need to avoid certain strains and other particular strains would be most beneficial. So it kind of helps take some of the guesswork out of it. And as far as other multivitamins and whatnot, I think that a multivitamin can be great. I think that we could also supplement on a more targeted level. So if we know that you're low in B vitamins or you're low in magnesium, which most people are, then Mm -hmm. we can better target those specific nutrients rather than throwing a bunch all in one. Interesting. Interesting. And what would you say, um, as far as like avoiding in your diet, like what are some, like, what are like three things that women should avoid in their diet? Yeah. So top one, Man, this is tricky because there's so many, but (laughs) I would say number one is artificial ingredients. So you want to be looking at your nutrition labels. If anything says artificial, throw it out. Mm -hmm. Right. (laughs) I'm I'm not saying you can't have an occasional treat or anything like that, but, you know, artificial colorings, artificial flavors, chemical additives like MSG, stuff like that, they're all meant for the product to taste good. And we can get hooked on a chemical level, and that's why we crave them. That's why you can't eat just one potato chip. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. The second one is probably inflammatory oils. So we think of like canola oil, vegetable oils, seed oils, hydrogenated oils, and it really all stems back to 
these cause inflammation in the body because your gut has to process it. We know that we have that good and bad bacteria balance and that can get thrown off by things that we ingest like oils or the artificial ingredients. So really try to avoid these inflammatory oils. You want to replace them with ones that are better for us, like extra virgin olive oil. I like to cook with um, coconut oil, yeah, or also avocado oil. Yeah. So I would say those are my top three replacements. Yes, mine are too. I I agree with you 100%. I like threw all the the canola oils, the sunflower (laughs) oils. You know which one I actually have a question? What about grapeseed oil? Um, let's see. I don't, I don't know that I have a good answer for you on that one. I think I've heard mixed reviews and I have not dived, dived in to see or dove in <laughs> to see how I really feel about that one. So I'm not sure on the grapeseed. Got it. Um, I will definitely dive into more and more about that. But yes, um, as you said, I'm going to repeat it. Um, definitely good olive oil, avocado oil, coconut oil is definitely what you want to, um, <laughs> cook with yeah and And as far as the third thing i would say to avoid is processed sugars i'm talking like cane sugar and stuff like that just because again it has an inflammatory component it feeds our bad bacteria or it feeds our bacteria in general but if you already have a an imbalance in your gut bacteria then it feeds the bad guys too and so Mm -hmm. not only that but it it throws off your hormones we know the metabolic dysfunction and how it can lead to diabetes and all of that is all very true artificial sugar can do the same thing so don't replace it with with uh, sweet and low or Splenda or anything like that, those can have detrimental effects as well. But really try to limit the processed sugar and you can swap it for things like monk fruit extracts or stevia leaf is a really good one too. Mm-hmm. I always use like the stevia leaf one um, for sure. What about like a coconut sugar and all those other ones that they have out there? Yeah, I would say that's a much better option than cane sugar. So definitely. Good tips. These are such good tips. Um Okay. My next question for you. I have so many questions. Um, (laughs) How does being a nurse practitioner differ from a holistic uh, holistic approaches? Yeah. So I, in nurse practitioner school and nursing school in general, we do take a holistic approach. You you think of the whole person, the whole body, but we also still very much look at the diagnose and treat method. So it's not a it's so different than functional medicine because traditionally in, in the medical world, it's what is this diagnosis and what is the prescription? And so you have a collection of symptoms and you get a label. The label is a diagnosis and then a drug company created a drug for it. Mm-hmm. And that is the revolving door mm-hmm. of these that we're in right now as a, yes. as a world. <laughs> and the functional medicine approach is so much more holistic because it, it takes into account who is this person, what happened to them, what led to these events. Maybe they have a diagnosis, but we don't focus on that diagnosis. It's more of the, the things that they struggle with symptom-wise. And then peeling the onion of health, as I like to call it, like layer by layer, trying yes. to get back down to the root of what triggered this cascade of events, essentially. And so it's about treating them as a whole, mind, body, soul, and seeing where we can support the body in its healing rather than covering it up with a medication, which really just acts as a Band-Aid. Absolutely. Absolutely. And like, this is so interesting to me. So you're based where are you based? 
I'm in South Carolina. Okay. So now I'm in New York. So if I was trying to look for someone like you, like what, what exactly should I be looking up? Like, how would I find um, someone that does this like in my area or can you, is it something that you can do over the phone and like on a zoom call and stuff like that? Yes. So I actually see clients virtually from all over the country and the world actually. And so it is all on zoom or on the phone. And I do always recommend that my clients have a primary care doctor in or provider in their town. Cause I do think, you know, you should have annual physical exams and have like a right. point of contact. You, there will come times that you may need a prescription. So it is important to have a local primary provider, but I personally see clients virtually and that is how I operate. Uh, if you did want to see someone in person, which I totally get, you know, some that some people just res that resonates with them a lot more, and that's understandable. But you can, I would say, search just functional medicine provider in my area, and okay. see if see what comes up. You may have to do a little digging and click around, see what their website's about, see if you can contact them before you see them. I would say that's a big tip because you don't want to waste too much time or money if you don't, if the person's not a good fit for you. And so I also I offer complimentary calls to explain how I operate, how I work and what I think I can do for them just so they can get a feel and make the best decision for their health. Definitely. And now are you only, do you only see women or do you see everyone from, you know, kids, men, women? So I primarily focus on adults. Um, I, mostly see women as well, but I will definitely be able to help the fellas too if they need it. <laughs> but I just find that women are in need of so much. The women really need this type of care. Like we all need this. And I feel like this approach resonates with women a lot more too, but there are certainly males who I think could greatly benefit from a functional medicine approach. And I could definitely help them too. As I far see. as children, um, I don't have hardly any training in the children world. So I, I kind of avoid that. It's not that I couldn't help them. It's just my niche is more women. <laughs> got it. Got it. I love this. I love this so much. So now like outside of like meditation, outdoors and exercise, like what are some ingredients that can help like reduce anxiety and stress? Yeah. So anxiety is rampant. Uh, myself yeah. have struggled with anxiety and Foods that you eat can have a huge impact on your neurotransmitters and your nutrients. And you need nutrients to fuel your cells. You need nutrients to have good gut health. Your gut health affects your mental health. And so it is all connected. And so I like to talk about things like fresh fruits and vegetables, especially berries. Like wild blueberries are so packed with antioxidants, but any any fruit and vegetable has so many micronutrients and antioxidants and our cells need this to function. And so that's one thing is, and they don't have to be raw either. You can cook them. They still have health benefits that way. Also okay. a higher protein diet. I'm not saying you have to be a bodybuilder, but uh, <laughs> a solid amount of protein per day is also a good goal. I would say okay. 90 grams total and I don't really recommend for most people to count calories or macros because I find that that can be a source of stress. And, yes, for sure. <laughs> and so I don't really recommend that, but it's a good idea, at least when you first get started to have an, an idea of how much protein you're getting per day, just to make sure you're getting a ballpark range of enough. Okay. And then protein, does that also go for like plant-based protein as well, or just like meats? It is for everything. So my favorite 
sources of protein, especially if plant-based, because I have lived a heavily plant-based diet for the past few years too. I, I don't eat just plant-based anymore, but tempeh, which is fermented soybeans, is a really good source of plant protein. Um, make sure it's organic though, because soybeans are very heavily sprayed with pesticides. So you really want that organic source. And then tofu is not the worst, but the fermented soybean is better for you because it has some byproducts in it that mm -hmm. are more healthy. And then as far as meat sources, you want the wild range meats, the organic, mm -hmm. humanely raised, all of that. It makes a huge difference in, in the quality of your meat. And one thing that I don't, I don't, I didn't really know before, but those wild free range meats, they have a lot more omega threes in them. Whereas the not humanely raised meats have more omega sixes and that throws off our inflammatory balance as well. Interesting. So like grass fed, you want to look for when you're yes. grocery shopping. Exactly. And farm, like farm um, raised fish. You want right. wild caught fish. Actually. Wild caught, right. Wild caught, not farmer. Right, 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 right. Perfect. Wild caught. Yes. And then I, I do think that protein powder is a good supplement too. I think we should focus on a whole food diet as much as possible, but especially if you struggle with getting enough animal protein or, or other plant protein, I think protein powder is a great way just to give that extra boost, you know, an extra 30 grams. And I actually recommend like for breakfast, try to get 30 grams right there in that meal. Cause that is going to help boost your energy throughout the day. It's going to keep you fuller longer. It'll help with your focus and clarity. It's going to help curb those cravings later in the day. And it's, it's really the building blocks for our hormones and metabolic function. And so I actually created a free guide for the listeners of this podcast, too. Yes, <laughs> I'm so excited. Yes. Yeah. So it's all about making a good nutrient-packed protein smoothie for breakfast to really kind of set your day up for success. And just some of my favorite ingredients that you can pick and choose from, pick what, what sounds good to you and try it. I love that. How can we find this free guide? So it's on my website and that is lvwellnessconsulting.com. Okay. And then at the top bar, there is a um, click or, or a link that you can click that says my free smoothie guide. So that'll take you to a new page and then you just put in your email and your name and you'll be able to download it. Uh, amazing. I'm so excited about that. Um, I will definitely be downloading for sure. Um, one protein powder that I do want to point out that, um, I've searched like high and low. I always, I give this even to my kids in the morning. Tajari makes a really amazing plant-based protein powder, like super natural, like ingredients, like super clean. Um, and they come in a, a couple of different flavors as well. Um, so that's definitely one that I love. Um, when making our smoothies, or I even just like throw it in their pancakes and like all that other stuff um, for the kids and for myself, I do it as well. Yes, I love putting them in pancakes to put protein in everything. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. So now I'd love to hear your thoughts on CBD and the market is growing so fast right now. I mean, I know I'm promoting a ton of CBD products like, you know, on Stroller in the City. Um, and I do feel that it does help with my anxiety, but I would just love to get your take on that. Absolutely. So it's funny you ask because I love CBD as well. And Honestly, CBD was one of the first things that I did for my health when I was struggling with anxiety. And this was several years ago before CBD was even legal in all states. I'm pretty sure I didn't realize it at the time, but right. I <laughs> tried it and didn't know much about it. I just kind of like learned as time went on. But 
I found that it really helped me with my racing mind because I would have trouble sleeping at night because my thoughts would just be running crazy. And the CBD really helped me calm that and I could actually sleep. And so I have been a proponent for CBD for several years now. And I just think it's so amazing because so it's an endo. We all have an endocannabinoid system. This is an innate system we were born with. And it is essentially in every organ, our skin, heart, lungs, GI organs, and how CBD works is it binds to the receptors in your endocannabinoid system wherever it's needed. And so it really helps your body return to this balance or homeostasis, which is why people see such good results with it is because they feel balanced again. And yes. it, it may be with anxiety or sleep or pain. Those are three of the big things that CBD can really help with. And everybody's a little bit different. So and it, I will say, too, it does take some time for it to get in your system and show an effect because it is subtle at first. Yeah. So then one day, I think you'll realize that you didn't just freak out over something small or that you did finally sleep through the night. For sure. For sure. I'm actually working with a brand called Equilibria, which is actually developed by women, which I love so much. But they also, I think they're the only brand out there um, that you can actually call and find out your dosage. So you tell them your weight, your height, like, you know, your eating habit, your sleeping habits, and they actually recommend dosage for you, which I love because I do find that like, it's a little confusing. Like how much do I take? And like, which one do I take? Do I take the oil? Do I take the gummy? So, um, I think that that's like a great resource. And yeah, I found, you know, amazing healing with CBD for sure. Now, are you like an oil girl? Are you like a gummy? Like, how do you, which ones do you like? I like either really. I primarily use the oil, but I do feel like the gummies work really well, but the gummies I really like, they have cane sugar on them. So I'm trying to like cut it out completely, but I still love the oil just as much. And one thing you kind of pointed out is, is quality of the product. I'm like, no, not knowing because there's so much CBD out there. Yeah. So like, mm-hmm. don't don't just go get it from a gas station. Like, get it from a, a quality source, someone who can show you that they are very transparent and that their their product is a quality product. And I always recommend checking for a third party analysis certificate of a ana- certificate of analysis from a third party. <laughs> That's what I meant. And that way yes. you can see that their product was tested by a third party lab and there's you know no pesticides no toxins no heavy metals or anything like that and then you can see the breakdown of cannabinoids too to make sure you're getting what you pay for absolutely i couldn't agree more with you yeah that is something that i think we should all like look into cuz th- it is a little overwhelming when you're searching for you know cbd um out mm-hmm. there and just wanting to make sure that it's definitely quality yes for sure And what do you find to be the most challenging thing to avoid when trying to live like a non-toxic lifestyle? There's really so many things. (laughs) There's so many toxins in the world. I would say plastic is probably the hardest because even our like cleaner products are in plastic a lot of times. And it's not the worst thing in the world. There are definitely tons of other toxins that we can limit or remove from our lives, but plastic is a tricky one. And the reason that is, is you've heard of BPA. So that's a common compound and a lot of plastics and BPA can act like estrogen in our body. And so that's why it's getting such a bad rap is it's an, it's an endocrine disruptor, a hormone disruptor. And it happens even just by touching the plastic, you know, to an extent anyway, BP, 
A is also found in cash register receipts. So try not to touch them for too long. But really? Gets, in yes. cash register receipts? What? Mm-hmm. I did not know that. Yes. So try to just, you know, touch it just for a split second and wash your hands. <laughs> Holy cow. I did not know that. That is like, you just blew my mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we are exposed to so many things, but when we do get exposed to these plastics like BPA or things that even things they replace BPA with, it can bind to our estrogen receptors in our body, which can throw off our hormone balance. And even if you get your hormones checked, they may look normal, but these don't show up in blood. And so it can be really tricky. And that's one of the first things that I think that we can start addressing is trying to make those swaps from especially water bottles, get rid of the plastic water bottle. Let's switch it to glass or stainless steel and other like cookware and, and like Tupperware stuff. Don't heat your yeah. food up in plastic, try to put it in a glass bowl or something like that. Yes. I swapped all of our Tupperware out. Um, we're pretty much plastic free. You know what I found the hardest though, is when we were traveling is Mm -hmm. with the water bottles, you know, like you're on a flight, you know, and even though we had hours filled up, like when we needed more, we had to go for like the plastic, you know, that was like the hardest part for us. I feel like when it was like traveling, like if we're home, we have a routine going, but it's sometimes it's hard when you're out there. There's some, like, I think it's, it's becoming more, um, you know, they're, they're doing like the refill my water stations, like a lot more in a lot more places lately, but it's still not everywhere yet. Yeah. And that's a good point too. But I want to encourage everybody that even if you still have to travel a lot, it's okay that you have to use plastic. Sometimes it's not the end of the world, but if you can make small changes where you can control them, that is still going to make a large impact on your health. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh my God. This is like so amazing. Like super helpful. Um, I know you have a bunch of things too, that you plan to talk about as well on here. Um, so if, if there's anything that I missed, I love to hear more from you. Cause I just feel like this information is so fascinating. Well, awesome. Yeah. So just a few tips to help boost productivity in the daytime, because I know we're all busy, especially moms. You got so much on your plate, especially when you're caring for others and everything. So I just wanted to talk about a few of my top health hacks to kind of set your day up for success. And the first one is don't pick up your phone right away. I know it's a bad habit. I do it. I'm guilty of it. I'm working on it. (laughs) But it is it really disrupts our sleep wake cycle because we get exposed to that blue light first thing instead of sunlight. We really should try to get in the sunlight first. But the more important thing I want to talk about with this is it actually triggers a stress response because we see the emails, the messages, the to-do list, and it contributes to anxiety first thing. So that's how we're setting up our days with, with these thoughts. And so When we have a stress response like that, it's essentially like an epinephrine or adrenaline release. It puts us in this panic mode. We get jolted awake, heart and mind are racing, and that just puts us in the bad headspace just right off the start. And so we're already thinking of to-do lists and all that we have to accomplish this day. And so what I really want to encourage is try to make it a practice to not look at your phone for the first hour of being awake. And that might sound like a long time, but if if you're conditioned to pick it up right away, try just the first 15 minutes and then every week increase it by five minutes until it starts to feel more natural. And instead with that time, do something good for yourself. Like, you know, get out of bed, start getting ready, 
drink that first cup of water, do some gentle stretching, start your breakfast, you know, put yourself first so that you can show up how you want to for the rest of the day. I love that. That is such a good tip. That is such a good tip. I actually started leaving my phone outside in my living room every night. And I do have to say it does help because on days that I do have it next to me, I actually had it next to me while I was traveling just because, you know, you're in a hotel room and, um, you know, it was like next to me in my stand and my sleep was so off. And and I had definitely do with the phone for sure. Cause I was scrolling and I was like, you know, just up at, you know, watching, not watching TV and just like, you know, instead just doing something like that. And that definitely threw my sleep off for sure. Mm-hmm. That blue light really messes with our circadian rhythm because our brains get tricked into thinking it's daytime when we're seeing it. So when we're doing that at night, it can be especially harmful. And I think that's wonderful that you decide to leave it outside of your bedroom. That is the best thing to do. And so good job. Good job on that. I love that. Yes, for sure. For sure. Um, anything else you'd love to share with your readers? Yeah. So another thing is try to get out in the sun first thing in the morning, even if it's for, you know, five to 10 minutes, but exposing the, your eyes to that natural light, it helps give you this regulated serotonin levels, which is what we need for energy. It helps us feel good throughout the day. And then when our serotonin is more optimized, it can also help with our melatonin levels. So that way at the end of the day, our melatonin will start kicking in when it should and we'll be set up for a better night's of sleep, better night's sleep. And that also helps reduce cortisol levels, which is your stress hormone. So they all kind of work together. And so really setting that circadian rhythm up, getting your eyes exposed to that sunlight first thing can really just get everything kind of in tune again. For sure. And for like the New York City people out there that don't have like an outside space just to like walk out in their pajamas, I kind of just, I walk the dog. I just, you know, try to get outside first thing. Um, So I'm just like walking my dog just to, you know, try to get outside as much as I can in the morning. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, bundle up in the winter, just get out there, let let your eyes see some light and you'll feel so much better. Definitely, definitely. All right, the last tip I have for your morning hacks, and this is a big one, but I just want to talk about coffee. <laughs> so coffee, I know we all love it. So good. It is not an inherently bad drink, but the way that we drink coffee can actually sabotage us. And so first thing you should do is drink a full glass of water before coffee, no matter what, because it goes back to our stress response and the adrenaline kick. So caffeine gives us that surge of adrenaline too. That's why we feel more awake and alert and focused. So we want to hydrate first to not cause an over response with the hormone surge and ideally eat breakfast before coffee too. I'd really recommend whether you drink tea or coffee, even if it's decaf, honestly, 30 minutes or more after you eat, because there are components in these drinks that bind to nutrients. So if that happens, you're not absorbing the nutrients as as well as you should be, which means our food is less beneficial. And that all goes back to the importance of gut health and therefore mental health. Interesting. Interesting. What are your thoughts? I know a lot of women who do this on intermittent fasting. It's a big topic right now. Um, So in general, I feel that prolonged intermittent fasting is has the potential to be detrimental to your hormones, especially if you have thyroid issues or cortisol issues. So, and just to explain cortisol imbalance. So 
we talked about how that's our stress hormone that that gets released when there's like sustained stressors or prolonged stress. So we've all experienced this in the past and our body is really good at regulating it. And so when you have high cortisol or low cortisol, it can eventually become high at the wrong time of the day, like high at night and low during the day, which is why people have extreme fatigue and then they can't sleep at night. But when you intermittent fast, that that is also putting your body in a stressed state. So your body's thinking, we don't have time to eat. We're, we must be running for our life. So we have to prioritize other, other systems in the body rather than, you know, like your GI tract, we're prioritizing heart, brain, and lungs. And so when you fast for too long, it can be a little bit too stressful. So what I really recommend, especially if you do have possible cortisol energy level issues or thyroid issues is stick to your 12 to 14 hour fast. And that's a, a generally a pretty standard overnight fast anyway. So if you eat your last meal at 7 p.m., you know, make it 7 to 9 a.m. that you that you have your first meal. And that's still, you know, a good fasting state. Got it. Okay, that's interesting. Super interesting. Wow. These are like amazing tips. Like you're blowing my mind right now. Like I feel like we need to set up a call separately um, just because I need like a consult on my health, but this is like super helpful. And I feel like I hope our, all of our readers as well find this super, super helpful. And I'd love to hear from our readers. Like, please leave us a comment. We'd love to hear what you guys think. And also, can you tell everyone again, like how can everyone find you? How do they connect? What if they have some questions for you? What is the best way to get in touch with you? Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram or TikTok too. I'm branching out into the TikTok world as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but my handle is at Lane underscore Van Leeshout. So that's L-A-Y-N-E underscore V-A-N-L-I-E-S-H-O-U-T. And you can message me on Instagram, reach out there. I'm always sharing tips and tricks on how to like help, help your health and boost everything. So you can definitely find me there. And then my website is lbwellnessconsulting.com. And that's where you can download the free smoothie guide. You'll see it at the top right corner. Yes, I will be downloading that as well. Oh my goodness, Lane, this is like so, I can't even tell you. Oh my God, I like love chatting with you. I feel like we have like another, you know, we I could go on for like another hour, but I just want to be <laughs> careful of your time. Um, so much more to talk about. Um, but thank you so much for joining me on In the City. Of course, and thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. Yes, um, I will speak to you soon. I'll definitely be emailing you offline <laughs> as well. <laughs> That sounds good. Well, thank you again, all of our listeners for listening and you can tune in every Thursday for a new episode of In the City. Thank you again. Bye, Lane. Bye. Thank you so much. Thank you.